Hello, faithful listeners. This is Pastor John Cloudwater from Faith Lutheran Church here in Forest Lake, and we are so glad that you are listening online to our online podcast. Welcome you to worship anytime on Sundays at 9 a.m. or 10.30, and thanks for being here. Thanks for participating in worship with us as we look forward to the week ahead. Throughout Lent, we will have special voices who will be leading us in the gospel. One of those voices is a second grader who just received her Bible, a fourth grader, and a sophomore. Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. He was fasted 40 days and 40 nights, and afterwards he was famished. If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. It is written, one does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and placed him on the pinnacle of the temple. If you are the son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you, and on the hands they will bear you up, so that you will not dash your foot against the stone. Again. It is written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All these I will give to you, if you will fall down and worship me. Away with you, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord and God and serve only him. Then the devil left him, and suddenly angels came and waited on him. The Gospel of the Lord. You may be seated. Grace and peace to you, my siblings in Christ. Let's just get one thing perfectly clear. As we enter the season of Lent, we can't match what Christ has done in the, in the wilderness. We can't, by any stretch of the imagination, replicate what Jesus does as he faces temptation with the forces of the devil. Jesus is not out there setting a bar for us to try to attain. On the contrary, Jesus is demonstrating the level of resistance to the devil that only Jesus can attain. The thing about the devil or evil, or whatever we want to call the presence, is that this very presence is sneaky and uses those same tactics with Jesus. The devil sounds really, really good to us. That's why it's called temptation. Kenneth Halstead wrote, Evil may be wrong, but it's not stupid, at least not at its most powerful. It doesn't deal in honest, straightforward, and fair competition. It fights dirty deceptively, using every clever double-binding trick to trap us and rob us of our humanity and our eternal birthright. Wow, even our eternal birthright is what the devil's trying to trick us from, trying to convince us we don't need Jesus. The devil wants us to believe we can do this all on our own, trying to trick us that we can have something better here. We just listen to these subtle prompts that the devil will feed us. 
The devil is not something or someone far off. The voice of that devil is often very close and very personal and knows what we want to hear. We feel that pull. We succumb to that temptation all the time. Yet through Jesus, we find a partner. We find after Jesus' baptism, he spends some time alone in the wilderness. But when he emerges, he begins his ministry. He has a renewed sense of strength, and now it is time to fulfill that calling. And Jesus doesn't do it alone. He brings partners along the way with him. Disciples, strangers, sinners, servants. There are partners on the road all the way to the cross. Here at Faith, we are led by the Spirit to share God's grace. By being the body of Christ, by welcoming all, inspired by God, and sent out to live our faith. These statements truly encompass our awareness as a church about doing God's work in the world. It's all, it's all about collaboration, teaching and learning and serving, humbly listening to what God is up to. So we're doing something a little different this Lent. We're going to hear from some of those different ministry partners, those ministry partners that aren't necessarily in our building, but are deeply relational to what we're up to as a church. When we think about the question, where's God leading faith? What has the Holy Spirit been up to in our church? These are the ministry partners that have been reliant on us, but they have also been ones who have learned from us. And so we've been able to see this partnership, this accompaniment model in its grandest scale. Uh, back in 2019, you may remember, we started talking about tiny houses. There was this encounter with Gabrielle Claudus, who was part of an organization known as Settled. She sparked a hope-filled and encouraging ministry for our congregation. What began as a dream of one tiny house for one homeless veteran began a journey for our church to really explore what it meant to walk alongside our We visited them. We went to see where they lived, in their tents, on park benches, in the wilderness. We ate meals with our unsheltered neighbors here at Faith, down in the wilderness, or in hotels. We learned about what our neighbors were seeking. There was a quest to be able to find family through community. We talked about what a site here at Faith Lutheran could look like. And some of those dreams were big. What if we had 18 homes here? We also learned how valuable it was to be discerning. So we took our time. And a lot of the things that we learned, other people were able to learn from. And we were able to see how that intentionality that we took as a congregation actually was the spark that this ministry needed to be able to take off. We learned that future settlements here at Faith would be much smaller and they would have deeper roots with the neighbors that we are engaged with. We've also found multiple ways to partner with the unsheltered through Ramsey County, through 
uh, Washington County, through Anoka County, to see where our, our gifts could be used the best. Last summer, a settlement Christian community was able to happen. It included a house that Faith Lutheran paid for and helped to build, which Dave, uh, David, a veteran, lives in today. But just before this winter, a new site with two houses is up and running at a place that we hadn't been talking about before. Now, it's a familiar place to me. Prince of Peace in Roseville is the congregation that I served before coming here seven years ago. When I got to talking with Pastor Peter Christ about this ministry, who could have imagined what, what depth of seeds had been planted there to make this happen? But that story is best told from our ministry partners. So we turn it over to Pastor Peter and to Valerie. I'm Pastor Peter Christ, and I serve as lead pastor here at Prince of Peace Lutheran Church in Roseville, Minnesota. And I'm Valerie Roy, and I am the formerly homeless that lives in this sacred settlement in a tiny house. How did this happen? <laughs> uh, that's a fun question to answer. Um, Earlier this year, I had been in conversation with the Roseville Police Department, specifically their homeless liaison and housing advocate, Carrie McCuller is her name. And we were talking about how our parking lot was being used uh, by people without any specific invitation, but a number of... Uh, we were taking note that people were starting to spend uh, nights parked in our parking lot and wondering about what that meant for us and for the community. And so knowing that, uh, learning that Roseville had this uh, homeless liaison, I reached out to her and just started and opened up a conversation with her. And we, we chatted about some other things. And um, shortly thereafter, she called me out of the blue uh, one day and she said, I have somebody who is currently living out of a school bus that is parked in uh, uh, at a city park in another location around town, and we would very much like to relocate her. Um, and she was she uh, uh, encouraged us to to take her on, and she sort of vouched for uh, for this person, who turned out to be Valerie. Just everybody here has been super kind and super wonderful about me being here, whether it was in the bus or now in the tiny house. Yeah. How did the tiny house happen? Valerie already had an established relationship with Settled um, and had um, her eyes set on um, becoming part of a, a, a future sacred settlement. And me taking an interest in what Settled was up to, knowing that Faith and Forest Lake and, and John Clawwater, a former pastor here at Prince of Peace, was already involved and had been paying attention to what Settled was doing, just sort of said, oh, I, we got to look at this more closely. And so that invited me more deeply into the Settled story 
Uh, and Valerie encouraged me to come over to Mosaic um, Christian Community and check out the Mosaic Sacred Summit. We went and participated in their grand opening celebrations when they were blessing those beautiful homes, including the one built by, uh, by Faith in Forest Lake. So how did Faith Lutheran play a part in you guys being able to do this? So uh, as we were deepening our exploration and conversations with Settled, um, I called up you, Pastor John, yeah. and, uh, and, and, and asked to sit down and visit with you and hear more about your story and your journey in the discovery process with Settled and thinking about uh, the discernment that you've gone through, uh, wondering how this uh, model might work for Forest Lake. And that um, was inspirational for me to recognize that, um, that when we have an opportunity presented us to live out our faith, to actually put into practice the things we talk about on Sundays, the things we imagine, we're already really good at being generous. That's a value of this congregation. Um, but so often that just means, you know, signing checks and, and sending them off somewhere else. But here was a unique opportunity. We already had a relationship with Valerie because she came to us, and I'm glad to hear that you felt welcome that, <laughs> that, that, that we could open our doors and put what we had to use for the sake of Valerie's life, which was very simple. A warm place to be, a community to gather around her, to be in conversation with her, to, to support her. Those were all very simple things. We have bathrooms. We have showers. Tell me about what, what you've seen from your congregation, how have they responded? Where do you see them? They've been very generous. I've had my first Thanksgiving meal in years. I've had my first Christmas gifts in years. Oh. It's been a little bit different for me. Yeah. They've been very generous and very kind. Valerie makes it very easy, right? So mm -hmm. she's she's um, she just such a... Uh, I just makes the coffee. <laughs> yeah, she's a genuine person. She's become a presence around here, which is wonderful. People are getting to know her and hear her story. And she's generous uh, in, in, in being, being willing to be so brave and be so vulnerable with a community of strangers. Mm -hmm. That... Um, that willingness to sort of open herself up in that way has made this a very easy process. And everybody across the board that has gotten to meet her and get to know her um, is so grateful that we have this opportunity to, to, to create a home for her. We know that this model, the sacred settlement model with tiny homes, it doesn't serve you know everybody's needs uh, that, that are chronically homeless. But for some, it's really a powerful model. And for for the church to live into the reality that we're in the relationship business, right? Like that's what we do. The church is first and foremost relationship. Our understanding of God is built around the concept of relationship. And so for us to think about the sacred settlement as a way to help our neighbors, it gives us a chance to live deeply into our primary identity of building relationships. And it's those relationships that will support and sustain uh, the, the life that uh, that is getting created and cared for, intended for in this moment. Faith, we continue to walk that walk through partnerships, through advocacy. Uh, just yesterday, Deacon Nina and Colleen Deemer, who is still very much involved with this ministry, has uh, brought forth a resolution to our local conference here within the ELCA, and they passed this a way to be able to pave the way for other congregations who are looking to host sacred settlements.
uh, at our Synod Assembly in May. We'll continue talking about this. I, I can't help but hear that story and hear Pastor Peter, but also just to see how Valerie responded. I mean, hearing about having Thanksgiving for the first time in years and getting Christmas presents and like, we think about all of the evil that might be in the world and all of the temptations, yet in their story, we hear hope. We may be tempted to turn a blind eye. We may be tempted to just let somebody else worry about it. We might even be tempted on the other end of the extreme to say, well, we can solve the whole thing for everybody. And that's not going to do any good either. And so our final word today comes from Christ. Because as he's faced with temptation, he puts it simply. Worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Whether that is the ministry of our church or the greater church, or what's dwelling in each and every one of our hearts, the good news is we are not doing this alone. We have Jesus right by our side. Amen. We hope these words will strengthen you as you live out your daily life. If you would like to know more about Faith Lutheran, leave a prayer request, or financially support our mission and ministry, please go to our website at faithfl.org. May God bless you in the days ahead.